and that's the problem with some of the big box stores is you get people walking in just buying stuff without knowing what they should be doing versus going to a store that specializes in whatever that is you're buying yep. and getting the opinion of them because they'll, they would have probably told him this is better used on a cork board, not on your kitchen floor. All right. Hello. Welcome to episode 167 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Ariel Cremendi. He's Adrian Trott. Today, we're answering your question about what kind of floors should I install? Hardwood, laminate, or vinyl? And we recently went through this dilemma. It wasn't really a dilemma. We kind of knew what we wanted, but we've been through the process of having new floors installed. And um, I think it's a good topic. I think it's a great topic because it's one that we get asked all the time. And it's one that, you know, flooring evolves over time. And people's preferences of flooring has evolved over time. You know, when, when I was a kid and had a passion for real estate as a kid, I would read, you know, the MLS listings. I was funny you bring this up because I, when I was recently updating your profile, you mentioned that in the, one of the comments about your origin story, how you got to where you were. And I was picturing you as a little kid with the magazine on your lap, reading a book of houses for sale. I swear to God, that's actually what happened. You know, when I was, uh, well, I was an only child, so I had to find a lot of things to occupy myself and I didn't have a lot of friends. Um, you know, I was in a, a private school and the school was far from home. Um, and there weren't a lot, I lived in a newer neighborhood in Thornhill and, um, not a lot of kids around at that time. And so I was at home a lot by myself and, um, I was a bit of a nerd and, very entrepreneurial, right? I uh, I was collecting sports cards and had a little kind of hustle, side hustle as a six, seven, eight, nine year old, uh, <laughs> buying, selling, trading sports cards. Yeah. And um, but quickly the other passion became real estate because my mom and my grandmother and my grandfather they were always very involved with real estate. We were moving around a lot, uh, our own family. And then my, my grandparents were buying and selling a lot of properties, uh, on spec, you know, buying condos that were being built and then would flip them and, uh, moving around a lot and this and that. So we always had real estate agents coming to the house and, you know, to give a valuation or to sign paperwork or whatever. And there was one that stuck around for quite a few years. Like he, he did a good job. He's actually still in the business. And back then, really, they, wow. Yeah. Back then they had what is, what was called like, I think the MLS book. Is that one of the ones where you walk up, there's like that yellow mailbox, you open it up and take one out for free. No, 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 no. This was, uh, I I would believe it was an eight and a half by 11 or whatever, uh, you know, a standard size of paper would be. Um, and it was through, I, I can't remember it was it now. Was exclusive to realtors? They got it through the yes. board or something? It wasn't a yes. public 
It was okay. published by the boards. Okay, got it. So like the Toronto Real Estate Board would publish this binded, essentially a binded magazine. If you can remember Auto Trader when it was published. Yeah, yeah, I can picture it. Very similar to what that would have been. So what you have an archaic system. I can't imagine. Yeah, how you've got one that was. And and each page had three or four listings. So your listing was, you know, seven to eight inches wide by about three inches high. And it had a black and white photo, the price, the days on market, still a lot of the, the details that you would see today, the rooms, room sizes, and then a few lines for a description. But that is how realtors knew about the MLS listings because there was no internet. There was no other means of communicating these listings. Uh, Facts, you know, from one brokerage to another or whatever. But as a a general individual, like a general public, uh, you had to go through a realtor to find out what was on the market. And the only way to do that was through this MLS book, which was published once a week. So by the time the end of the week came, uh, that listing data could have been, I mean, at that time, days on market was a lot longer, uh, especially in the 80s. But, um, you know, if, if you sold a home on Tuesday and and you're reading this book on Saturday, um, you know, that home hasn't been available for many days and you don't know any other way, right? Yeah. Um, Or if the home gets listed on a Tuesday, you don't get published until the following week. So it's almost like an exclusive listing. Anyway, so the only way to get this book was if you were a realtor and available through the brokerage. Um, So as a kid, I always wanted, you know, you always want what you can't have kind of thing. And uh, a million dollar home. I want to be a millionaire with a million dollar home. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If I had a million dollars. So this realtor would... I would ask him for his outdated books. Yeah. And uh, so anytime he had one that was a couple of weeks old or whatever, he would give it to me and I would, I would sit there and read it. Yep. I was a cool kid. Anyways, uh, back then Broadloom. Yeah. Was the thing to have, right? What is Broadloom? Uh, It's plush carpet. Everybody wanted Freshly laid. I wonder if at one point uh, in time they would actually remove it because you still see a lot of, especially uh, older veteran agents, including in the included channels, the carpet, which, yes, I mean, I, I, it would be interesting to know the last time somebody sold and moved out of a house and took the carpet with them. I'm, I'm sure it happened when, you know, in the eighties, when, Broadloom was a thing. I'm, yeah, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, but at this point, I would be saying, uh, "Yeah, please take the carpet." Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want, wonder Save if we could ever. Fee. We should. We should try it just for shits and giggles. The next time we put an offer on a place that has carpet, try and put it into the excluded yeah. uh, portion of the uh, offer. That's carpet excluded. Would yeah, it be see. considered a fixture? I would think so. It's fastened to the ground in a way 
I mean, it's easily uh, removed, but there's one of those gray areas, you know, technically, like we talk about, and some lawyers will tell you, don't use that analogy. Uh, but what is a, what is a fixture? Well, if you turn the house upside down, give it a shake. If it hasn't fallen out, it's fixed. Um, yeah, I mean, gray area. It's kind of like, you know, you talk about wall mounted TVs these days. Yeah. Right. Well, um, the TVs aren't fixed. The mounts are. So that's the gray area. Well, well, the gray area could be also that the TV is fixed to the uh, to the mount. Well, and they, if you were to them. use that, if you were to use that analogy, yeah. Well, so Some there's a gray area. If you were if yeah. you were to turn the house upside down, a lot of the TVs would not fall out. Right. That's so true. I don't know what is it. Anyways, hardwood, vinyl. Or laminate, uh, going back to what you talked about in our recent renovation, the Broussard Reno. Yeah. We installed vinyl and beautiful Torley's. Torley's is a manufacturer of um, flooring products, uh, and they produce a tremendous vinyl product. I actually used one of their higher end. Uh, vinyl floors which has a cork underlay uh, yep. up at the cottage and the cork underlay makes it um, antimicrobial so you don't have to worry about mold and things if there's moisture it also adds a bit of dampening to the floor so it's a little cushier and uh, warmth uh, as well so if you're installing it in a basement it's quite nice uh, for those two purposes uh, but the floors that we installed they're kind of like a medium grade they're not a higher end but they're definitely not a low end and Torley's is naturally a better product but man did it turn out sexy they look looks nice great it looks nice um i think one of the main reasons people choose vinyl is um durability especially with pets and if you look at my hardwood floors um from when we had carter he's completely he scratched them up like crazy uh which we just grew accustomed to and accepted that that's how they were going to be um but vinyl you wouldn't likely have that problem it would take a fair bit of um pressure to actually damage them and then they're also water resistant but not waterproof i had a client not long ago who had a flood in his basement and the floors were ruined and they were vinyl so uh, not to be confused with waterproof but they're much more water resistant so a good product to have in a kitchen per se if you're you know spill a glass of water or pot of water whatever if you if you have kids pets or allergies or all three well certainly if you have all three i mean yes i guess if you're using any of those products allergies um but you know the nice thing with vinyl that you you'll get in some laminate and certainly not in hardwood is you don't really have gaps in between the the panels right because all of these come in essentially in panels or strips and so there's no place for dust or or whatever to to hide in these floors but if you have kids or pets I mean, cleaning up after them and and ensuring the floor stays in good condition, certainly Mm -hmm. long-term. In my belief, with the new product, vinyl is the way to go. If you ask me that... I disagree. Seven, eight years ago, um, the vinyl product that was out there was pretty ugly. Okay, what do you disagree about? Well, I think it's a good option. 
I think it will satisfy the masses. It's a reliable product. It's durable. It's, it's good. But when it comes down to the fine details, I don't think anything beats um, hardwood because two things, one <clears throat> laminate and vinyl are floating. So inevitably with that comes, you're going to have areas where it's not perfectly solid. Yeah. Um, and the other part is transitions because they're floating. They can't be butted up flat against something where you need a transition, be it a uh, going from the, to a tile floor in the bathroom or um, as you know, if you're butting it up against the, um, the nosing at a stairwell or something like that, you need a transition piece, which is going to, it's not going to be flush with the flooring because, or you lay down another floorboard on top. If yeah. you're that, if you're that inclined to have that product and you don't want those transitions, you could lay another floorboard or some sort of, um, well, it would overlap it. Yeah. You'd have, because it's, I have that down here in my bathroom. I have an Oak transition piece. It looks quite nice compared to most of the things I've seen, but it, it's the transition piece is a piece of Oak and it's pretty flush with the floor. It was one of my requirements. I told the contractor, I don't want it to look like a traditional transition, uh, but still it's, it is higher than the flooring because the flooring by nature will move. So it has to be tucked underneath with a bit of uh, space to, to shift around. Now, I love the look of some hardwoods, especially, you know, you get the ones with real character in them. Um, they're making them look like barn board or hand sewn stuff. Um, and some of it looks fantastic, especially the wider planks. You know, you get a hemlock. Um, beautiful, beautiful stuff. But so as an example, I wanted at the cottage, originally my thought process was a very natural looking hemlock, super wide plank, maybe various size planks. I thought that would be beautiful for a cottage. And when I went down to Spears Flooring, which is one of our go-to flooring pit places, Spears Flooring in Oakville, they're great. They carry great products. Uh, when I was speaking to one of the managers there um, and he was pricing it out, he goes, where are you installing it? And I told him the first question he asked was, how far is the home from the water? For sure. And when I told him that it's, you know, maybe a hundred feet or whatever it is, I don't even think it's a hundred feet. Um, he said, no, this, this is not the product for you because of moisture. Well, and even the inconsistency in temperature, cause it's not winterized. Correct. Yeah. You're not there all year round. So the place gets really, really cold in the winter. It gets really hot in the summer. You're going to get too much expansion and contraction over time. It's going to warp. Um, and then he also brought up a good point. You're going to be swimming in the lake. You're going to have a wet bathing suit. You're coming in, you know, you're going to be dripping on the, uh, on the floors, and so that could be appropriate to anybody that has a pool as well. Like if you see higher end homes, they have hardwood floors. They also have pools. Um, so you have to be cognizant of those type of things. The floors that I have, I don't, yours are a natural oak, true yes. hardwood. 
Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, they're stained and, and then obviously it has a finish on top, but, um, ours is made by a company called vintage. It's a Canadian company. They make excellent, beautiful floors, but this floor that we had is, uh, a hand scraped floor and it's engineered. So engineered hardwood floor usually consists of most of the time I see it with three different types of product that are put together in some way, shape or form. And the top layer may not be hardwood. And in our case, it's not. It's some kind of something else. It's not hardwood? Engineered hardwood is usually, I always thought it was. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Yeah. I don't know. But, oh, you know what? The top layer is hardwood, but it's, it's a, it's. It's thin. It's thin. Yeah. And then you have like this veneer finish on top of it. Right. It's, it's stained with some kind of whatever, call it like a shellac. Yeah. Yeah. And what's happened over time is the finish is coming off. And the quote-unquote stain has started to peel off. Right. Due to water and things getting spilled and, you know, chairs getting dragged across the floor. It's just starting to chip away. And it's a lot harder to refinish engineered floors than it I would, would think, be. I would think yours because they're hand scraped. Because first of all, they're so thin, you might be able to get away with doing it once. Once. Maybe. Might. But because yours are hand scraped, I don't think you probably could. Because you can't really sand down that inconsistency in the flooring. Not unless you want to do it by hand. Oh my God. Can you imagine? No. No, thank you. So here I am with these engineered floors that looked beautiful and you know 10 years ago when the home was new. Yeah. Um, and now they're kind of outdated too, right? Like it's a it's what they call the taboo color. So it's a darker color. Um, you know, they're nice, but it's not what I would install today, right? Uh, by by today's you know, modern standards. Um so I'm going to have to replace probably, I don't know how many exact square feet, but it's somewhere around 1,700 square feet of hardwood floor. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to, and if it was a vinyl floor, I don't think we would be in that situation now. Um, but I think also a lot of it has to go with the price point of the home. Right. Like if you're selling a $3 million home in Oakville and you've got vinyl, just the the stigma around that word vinyl, you know, people are going to be like, I'm buying a $3 million home and you installed vinyl throughout the kitchen. And so our flooring contractor, I, I spoke with him. I've spoken with him many times over the last couple of years as he's done jobs for us with different clients. And he can, he says regularly that he has been installing vinyl in higher end homes. I mean, this is probably a different quality of vinyl than we would have put in the townhouse, but um, 
yeah, it would be interesting to see if there are different products out there that would be more suitable to that type of application. That could maybe sway my opinion a bit. Is there any circumstance now with the quality of vinyl products out there and the way they look, is there any circumstance where you would choose a laminate floor? No, I don't think so. Me neither. No. Bye-bye laminate. Yeah. The only thing with uh, vinyl. You know what I can't I... stand? What? Okay, go ahead. What can? Well, the only thing that's um, where the, and this kind of comes into the whole transition piece issue is vinyl is very thin generally. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe there's thicker, more substantial vinyl at the higher end level. So, you know, if you remove carpets as we did, um, or if you remove old hardwood and lay the vinyl down, unless you're putting like a new subfloor, like a quarter inch subfloor to bring that vinyl up, it's not going to meet other surfaces very well. Uh, if we hadn't have done that, it would have looked awkward in the, if we didn't do the kitchen, because we decided last minute to tear all the tile out of the kitchen and run the vinyl through the kitchen. If we didn't do that, uh, where it butted up against the tile in the kitchen, it would have been noticeably lower and the transition piece would have been pretty substantial. What a huge difference, by the way, in that renovation. And what a good call by us to remove the tile from the kitchen and yeah. run that run that vinyl floor right throughout. It really made that space feel bigger. And yeah, there was that kind of degree of separation, even though it's an open room. It, I don't know. And, and the way that it was originally tiled around the breakfast bar, it didn't feel as... Yeah. F flowy. I don't yeah. know. Flowy is probably the sense? technical term. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't have a good flow. And um, yeah, it looks great. I mean, a bit of work to remove the, uh, the tile, but I think we're going to see that more and more too, right? Like less tile. And oh, we more, are, I think all the, we have, yeah, unless we have I'm already mistaken. Most builders now in our area are doing or offering well, or doing laminate. standard. I'm not sure, but they're doing laminate throughout the kitchen. Um, I mean, I have laminate in my basement and I'm, I've been very happy with it, but there is one area where it's, it, there's a soft spot, a soft spot. Yeah. It kind of, it's right around the stairs. You have stairs and then two doors. So yep. there's less, uh, well, surface and unless in a, in a basement, unless you put a bunch of, and I, we did that in our basement, uh, had the uh, self-leveling concrete poured yep. down uh to even it out but unless you do that in the whole and that shit's expensive that self-leveling concrete is it and it's not it's not easy to make sure that it's going into the right places and all that uh but unless your floor is perfectly level you're gonna have some spongy areas yeah uh, you just try, have to try i can't stand one of my pet peeves is when we go into a home where there's a finished basement and you're walking on the floor and it feels like the whole freaking thing needs to be ripped out because oh, yeah, every yeah. step is like, whoa, this was not installed properly. The other yeah. thing I can't stand, another pet peeve of mine is when people cheap out on the floors in the basement and you get this, you know, the floors I'm talking about, those, it's those more like laminate a, that's like this shot. It almost looks like an ice rink. It's so freaking shiny. And yeah. it's always in this ugly brown color. 
Well, that's that's vinyl. No, no, not vinyl. Sorry. No, um, laminate. Are you sure? Yeah, sure. I'm trying to think of something else. There's some. Um, I can't think of the name of it. Linoleum. Oh no, no, no! Not linoleum. I'm talking about it. Oh, like, okay, okay. It's just a cheap laminate, cheap ass. Yeah. No, my basement laminate. I, I quite like it, and all the planks. There's three different three different widths so it comes together I, love, looks I nice. really like that about your floors yeah yeah that's, that's unique that. you don't see that often <clears throat> excuse me no you don't and then i also put the subfloor which makes a big difference but one thing that i find well two things when you're looking for houses most real estate agents have no idea what the materials are in the house so they often say hardwood it's usually not usually quite often when they say hardwood it's engineered or if they say engineered it could be hardwood most homeowners don't even know what they have. So, Dude, you know how many agents I've come across where they'll um, say it's hardwood and it's actually laminate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so here's a. I'm on the pro tip kick. The last few episodes. I was here's just a pro, tip. a pro tip, and you're taking it from me. Uh, if you want to inspect the floors a little bit closer, find a floor register. Pull the floor register out and have a look at the cut ends of the floor and take a picture of it. So if you don't know what it is, you can investigate and Google it and post it on groups and boards and whatever to ask people. But you'll see like true hardwood is is like cutting a piece of wood. It's the same consistency. It's, it's the same piece. color. You'll it's a solid the grain, piece. The wood grain. Yep. Uh, whereas if you have Was that going to be your pro tip. It was, but I, oh, I, don't need the, I don't need the credit for it. I'll let you have it. And then if it's engineered, it's usually relatively you know, similar in thickness to hardwood, but you'll see it made up of a series of layers, usually three, two or three layers of, of material. You know, it could be like plywood and then something else and then a thin layer of hardwood on top. And then vinyl and, and uh, laminate are usually significantly thinner. That's usually the giveaway with those. I mean, vinyl is blatantly, obviously not hardwood when you look at it from that angle, um, but it's always good to do. A lot of people confuse vinyl and laminate. Yes. I'd so, have to look at them side by side to know the difference. Yeah. Well, there's different laminate products too, right? Like laminate can be the same thickness as hardwood it can be the same thickness as vinyl it right. depends on on the product and how it was finished how it's manufactured who manufactures it etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, and when you get into wider planks uh, of wood it's more common that it's engineered because wider planks uh, unless they're very expensive floors uh, hardwood will have the tendency to buckle or bow over time so most uh, wide plank floors are engineered unless you're paying big bucks to get really good quality wood. The cost to install these products are actually very similar. Hardwood floors may be a little bit more expensive, but a flooring installer that's install you know if you take the same installer and you ask them to install hardwood versus the laminate versus the vinyl the amount of time effort cuts all of that that's involved is not all that different so your cost is well the hardwood they have to nail in and if it's wide they have to nail in and glue yes 
Yes, but how much extra time? Like, if you ask, what I would think give, a lot. Let's give you should Tom, ask somebody. Let's give Tom a shout out here. What's his company name? Easy Floor Construction. Work work for you construction. Work for you. Um, I think that's it. Gonna have to tell him about that spelling error. Yeah, I'm gonna message him and see if he'll reply and let us know the difference in cost. Um, now the cost of vinyl, the cost of laminate, the cost of hardwood. Vinyl floors can get very expensive. The vinyl that I installed at the cottage was actually more expensive, definitely more expensive than any of the laminates I found and more expensive than some of the hardwood. And that is due to the manufacturing of it because of the cork underlay, um, the warranty and all of that stuff that goes with it. Did you message him? I, I, I'm I'm really curious to know. Um, I'm doing that. The other thing with hardwood that, like, if if you go back to hardwood for a second, yeah. The nice thing with it, first of all, it lasts. I mean, super long time. I think vinyl, vinyl's, uh, if not longer, vinyl's there too. Yeah, the issue with vinyl is, let's just give an example. Um, if you move a piece of furniture and you scrape the floor. Yeah, you're done. You got to replace the entire floor and you can't usually do just one piece you got to pop a few out depends how it was laid if it was glued i wonder how or... they would do that because i gotta click them all back together yeah so you can do it but you'll always have this now imperfection um because it'll never get perfect again right because it's not all getting laid at the same time again um with hardwood the nice thing is over time, so with your floors as an example, you have a darker finish on your oak floors, which is now not outdated, but not not what people choose. People are choosing lighter stuff, a lot in the grayish tones, right? Not in the dark browns or the, yeah, more natural. the blacks, whatever. Yeah, more natural stuff. Um, you could sand it down and stain it any color that you want. Yeah, it's on my list of things that may be done. That one's far down the list, but it is something I've considered. As in doing it yourself? Uh, well, I always contemplate doing everything myself because I just feel very inclined lately, but um, I hadn't really thought that far. I mean, the process isn't, I don't think it's too hard. You go rent a big sander, you, know, you fuck it up, then you hire somebody. <laughs> but at least you say you could say that you did it or tried. Well, I I refinished the uh, as you know the deck at the cottage this past summer, and I yeah. rented one of those huge. I don't know how big they are. Uh, it's like a two by two by eight, like twenty four inch by eighteen inch floor sander. Yeah. It was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, you're just ripping off the top layer and uh, seeing the difference was quite um, 
quite nice. But if if you haven't done that before, I don't even think sanding it is the hard part. I think staining it properly that it looks nice and then sealing. Oh, there's it. so many houses I've been into where they redid it and it looks like crap. Like they they stain it and then they put too much of the I don't know shellac or whatever it's called on top, and it and in some cases it starts peeling and it's just very poorly done. Happens all the time, and that definitely detracts uh, in value. Um, in terms of value, great segue. I don't think there is a difference really between laminate and vinyl right now. Most people, even if you have like the best vinyl and a medium grade laminate. So you're probably spending an extra $2 a square foot for that top line um, vinyl versus a medium grade laminate. I don't think there's a difference in resale value when it comes to that because people can't distinguish the difference. And certainly if you are not, like if your listing of the home is not, you know, ad, I'll say advocating for these floors, you're not, highlighting uh, them as you know something special i don't think you're going to see a difference in in value you do see a difference still in hardwood versus anything else hardwood is still king it it is but depends on the segment like in the townhouse we're renovating now i think it would be considered an over improvement i don't think that you know if we have a lineup of buyers somebody's going to pay more because there's hardwood versus a nice vinyl that's in there so it really depends on, I think, to what you're, where you're installing it. It's a good yeah, he point. Wrote, he wrote back. It's a bit hard to decipher, but he said a buck fifty for vinyl and up. It depends on the vinyl. Sometimes some could be more difficult than others, but a buck fifty to buck seventy five max. Um, if you're installing floor that gets nailed, it's two dollars a square foot. If you're doing nails and glue, it's two fifty. And if it's fully spread, $3 plus glue. I don't know if it's fully what spread. What does fully spread mean? <laughs> I don't know. So basically, uh, if you're doing hardwood or engineered hardwood that needs to be nailed and or glued, the price ranges from two to three bucks a square foot. That's pretty substantial difference. And then yeah. you have to pay for the material. The glue cost, he says, it's $120. Uh, for 100 square feet. Nothing's cheap these days. $120 for 100 square feet? So it's a dollar a square foot for glue? I don't I mean, maybe he missed, maybe it's 1,000 square feet. Glue cost $120 and 100 square foot, one bucket. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, the point of it is uh, you have to pay for glue. Yeah, but i can see that i mean if you go buy a if you go buy a like i i buy woodwork uh wood glue for woodworking and you pay a decent amount for just a small little bottle so i don't know more interesting more money like with anything else yeah um well, that's that's our thoughts, I think, for today on episode 167 of KT Hang Confidential, on, so think, the real estate think, podcast. I think at the end of the day, it really depends on what you're installing it into. So ask the opinion of a realtor or a designer if you're really unsure. Yeah, be careful. And, a lot of realtors have shit taste. So yeah, I would get remember that cork floor that guy installed and he was so proud of it. 
Oh man. So a short, cork. Yeah. short story. We didn't end up getting that listing. No, it, probably for the better. He didn't end up, he didn't end up listing it until five, six years later. And I, I followed up with him for two, three years consistently. And finally I just, I mean, and we were at that time we were talking about a $250,000 house. Yeah. Um, Cause this was nine years ago. Um, so the, the story goes for those of you listening and interested in what Adrian just said, we walked into this uh, three-story village home and um, we, we've sold tons of those at that time, especially because of how affordable they were. And he was referred to me by one of my past clients who's a friend of his. We walk in there, we're taking a tour, um, single guy. Um, you know, clearly not a, he didn't have a decorator's touch, um, or paint the skill of a decent DIYer. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um, the paint colors were bad on the walls and, and paint poorly. Clearly he did that himself. And we're looking around and we go into the kitchen and if you've ever seen those rolls of cork that you can buy to like tack onto your walls to make like, um, you know, craft things uh, or, you know, for people to pin notes on on a cork board on a wall. Uh, basically, he took a roll of that, probably some Elmer's glue and unrolled it onto the floor and and I'm guessing cut it with just some scissors and legoed it out to fit this kitchen, this small gallon yeah, kitchen. It was bad. It was brutal. It had, I mean, it had more lumps and valleys in it than, you know, I've ever seen in, in a floor. And uh, he's like, yeah, and I just replaced the floor last year. Doesn't it look great? Mm, wonderful. Oh, <laughs> it, it's, it's a cork. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. That's as a realtor, you learn to, you know, keep some things to yourself. That was one of them. Yeah. Um, if you've not experienced putting a floor down or you don't know what kind of floor. Yeah. You know what? A lot of, uh, a lot of flooring places like Spears flooring. Yeah. Uh, as an example, you have people that know what kind of floor is going to be good for what use what kind of floor is popular in what kind of homes right now? Yeah. Uh, what's, what's looking great, you know, um, and, and give you some style opinions and get a few opinions. Is, and that's the problem with some of the big box stores is you get people walking in, just buying stuff without knowing what they should be doing versus going to a store that specializes in whatever that is you're buying yep. and getting the opinion of them because they'll, they would have probably told him this is Better used on a corkboard, not on your kitchen floor. Yep. And pointed him in the direction of an alternative option that would have been much better. Agreed. That's it. Thanks for listening. Episode 167. Leave your comments. Want to hear about your flooring experiences, what you like, what you don't like. If you've seen any crappy floors, if you've used any great product, and even what colors, what colors would you choose right now for your floors? And tune in to our uh, Instagram channel and follow the hashtag Broussard Reno, B-R-A-S-S-A-R-D-R-E-N-O to see the floors we installed in our townhouse that'll be up for sale in about a month's time. And we'll walk you through the entire process. Can't wait. Ciao.
See you next week.